Welcome back to the show. Glad to have you here. This is episode 37. It was a fun one. Talked about a Florida man who was scammed out of $10,000. The Vegas shooting documentary. You know how people make tragedies about themselves even though they weren't even close to the incident. And um, a guy I used to work with at ADT. All that and more. Enjoy the show. You want to smoke something? I used to work with a guy at ADT Home Security. Let's call him Z. He was my car group driver. All right, I'm not going to use anyone's real name here. Okay, I don't need this guy somehow hearing this and then in five years after he gets out of prison, you know, come paying me a visit in the parking lot after a show. Okay, so I used to work with this guy, Z. He was my car group driver, which in the door-to-door industry means sales manager responsible for picking you up from your house, driving you to the sales meeting every day, and then dropping you off in a neighborhood of his choosing. And then they would come pick you up at night after you've knocked all day. They'd just leave you out there. So this guy would usually pick you up at around 11 p.m., you know, you'd send him a text at nine. Hey, the sun's down. You know, you're going to come get me. What, what's going on here? And then you'd usually get a reply. It's only 9 p.m. Okay. This is, this is the level of insanity you're dealing with. He'd go, hey, it's only 9 p.m. Look for people who are still awake. Knock their door. Anyone with lights on. Okay. Anyone throwing a party. Knock that door. We need to make sales. Okay, sell, sell, sell. He would even he would even say, "Hey, listen for the cars in the parking lot that are not the parking lot. Listen for cars in people's driveways that are still ticking. If you hear the engine making that little tick tick sound, that means they just got home. All right, he goes, they're not in bed yet. Okay, they're about to shower. Knock that door, catch them, sign them. They're waiting for you. Okay, so this guy was out of his mind." All right, there could be a storm. You know, sometimes you'd be out there, it would just start raining. You'd see lightning splitting trees. You would call him, hey, can you come pick me up? There's a hurricane over here. And he'd be like, hey, it doesn't rain in houses. Make a sale, okay? You want to you be dry? Get in a home. <laughs> so he'd just leave you out there for hours. You know, you'd be just... It'd be like 9 p.m. You're just walking through the neighborhood in the pitch black, sweat-drenched polo, holding an iPad. Usually, at the end of the day, you'd walk about two miles outside of the neighborhood. If your phone still had power, try to find the nearest 7-Eleven. Now you're just standing in front of a 7-Eleven in the middle of nowhere, Florida, drinking water like a refugee. You know. This guy treated us like shit. He was a tall... Argentinian, now I'm going to give him away, you know, just because of the tattoo. He had a Che Guevara tattoo on his on his bicep. He wore these hideous green corduroy pants. I think it was his only pair. Black hair. You know, he would never make any sales. None. But he was friends with the owner, so he just kind of weaseled his way 
into this gig. We caught on quick. So he made $75 off every sale we would make. It's usually about two to three people per car. So he wouldn't make any sales because he goes, oh, you know, I'm making money off these kids. You know, if they each do a sale in a day, you know, what is that? 75, you know, let's just say he'd make like 300 bucks. Okay. And three, four people, everyone makes a sale. He's eating. He's basically a pimp. He's just dropping off his hose. All right. So we figured out quick. We're like, fuck him. How's he a manager? You know, he doesn't make any sales. He's not leading by example. You know, he'd just probably park under a shady tree. Sometimes we'd catch him. One time we caught him at a bar. We left our neighborhood, walked over. He was at a bar just drinking a beer. You know, or he'd be under like a shady tree just popping pills with the AC on, hoping we made sales, just texting us. Come on, guys, let's go. Just like motivational group texts. You know, so it was hard to leave, though, because we were all young, making over $1,000 a week. Because the whole idea was like, hey, if we drop these kids off, they have no choice but to make money, which was true. And at that time, that was the, you know, that was the most money I could make per week. You know, because I was like, what, what am I going to stay at Walmart making eight bucks an hour? I'm never going to, I'm never going to be able to move out of my dad's house. You now, because the whole idea, I wanted to get away from my stepmom because she made life a living hell. And the only way I could do that was with Z picking me up every day. So I can get that comma. You know, so they said, oh, oh, who's getting in the comma club this week? $1,000 on their check. You know, so the fastest way to do that was knocking doors, selling alarms. And uh, every day, six days a week, it was a terrifying 45-minute drive to Tampa where we'd have our morning meeting. That was where the office was. And uh, the whole time he'd be driving, he's just texting. I don't even think he ever looked up. You know, this is what was unbelievable. If the car started to change lanes, you know, if he started to just drift into another lane, he just hit the blinker. You know, he just turned the blinker right on. I'm like, dude, you didn't even look. He's like, yeah, I let him know. I'll put the blinker on. No worries. I'm courteous. It was unbelievable to watch. You know, the only time he would look up is when he put a, uh, you know, popped a few pills into his mouth. You know, but the pills were the least of our concerns. You would actually have to reach over sometime and grab the wheel to prevent the car group from flying off, off a bridge. Okay, and every time he grabbed the wheel, he'd be like, dude, I got it, bro. Chill the fuck out. We're like, chill, you almost got us killed. You know, so one day, he went inside a gas station, and we actually looked at, like, you know, what, what kind of pills is he taking? And it had some woman's name on it. And that's how we knew. We're like, oh, he's getting these from the street. You know, these aren't, <laughs> this isn't his prescription. You know, so every day we'd be doing 100 miles an hour to Tampa, and he would just put this pill bottle to his lips like it was a shot glass and just shaking unregulated amount of pills into his mouth. You know, I'm like, hey, that thing says twice daily, not twice on the way to Tampa. You know, he'd always say the same thing. He's like, man, my back is killing me. My back really hurts. You know, as we crossed four lanes of traffic to make our exit last minute. You know, and then one day he hit his pregnant wife, and our troubles were over, okay? And uh, he got locked up for attempted murder, so he really beat her, which was tragic. But the moral of the story is hang in there, okay? Just hang on. 
Okay, because he did that, my buddy Kenny got promoted to car group driver, and then we didn't have to get stranded anymore. He was in control. My dog. Sometimes we would make a few sales, and then we would just go home. You know, we weren't stranded out there in the field. So that's why I told you guys this, all right? The moral of the story is hang on, all right? You never know when the guy above you is going to hit his wife, all right? If you're in second place, you never know when the guy in first is going to run out of pills, okay? Someone's breakdown could be your breakthrough. (laughs) It's my motivational speech. No, I was horrible. Rest in peace, Kenny. We were later uh, stripped of our vehicle privileges after we ran over a 12-foot alligator totaling the Volkswagen Jetta that we were renting. <laughs> Makes sense, though. We were like, we are like, we hit a gator, we swear. And they're like, nah, you fucking drove into a wall. We're like, nah, we hit a gator. It's just hard to, it's hard to sell that story. Even if it's true, you know, what happened to the, why is the whole front of the car missing? Why is the engine in the street? Uh, we hit a gator. Bullshit. All right. What are you going to do? You going to fight that? How many pictures? Speaking of pictures, uh, when are we going to stop the, perf- the before and after trend with the, the weight loss journeys? How many do we need to see? Okay. You were heavy and now you're not. All right, I just hate when people act like they care. You know, people like their fake friends in the comments. Whoa. Whoa, you lost 30 pounds? Congratulations. You know what I write? Hey, welcome back. Glad to see you finally got some self-control. You know, I was heavy. I was heavy all through middle school. Showed up freshman year of high school. You know, I was in shape. I didn't make a big deal about it. Okay. People were like, hey, you're skinny. I'm like, yeah, thanks. Who do you have for English? That was it. I didn't expect people to clap. You know, that's why I hated about sober people. You ever walk into a, I walked into a room one time, a room full of people, they're clapping. They're like, oh, yeah. I'm like, who, is this guy a war hero? What do he do? They're like, nah, he stopped drinking Bud Light. I'm like, well, fuck that guy. Hope he relapses. I mean, don't fuck up your life and then expect... People to congratulate. I feel like some people do heroin just to get off of it. So they have that like, oh man, I'm, I've been three years without heroin. Every day's a struggle. I'm like, yeah, I'm 27 years without heroin. Where's my ribbon? Unbelievable. Yeah, I was heavy, dude. I was on the swim team. You know, I wasn't the fastest swimmer, but I was definitely the most buoyant. Okay, something about root beer. Something something in root beer will keep you afloat. Yeah. But I was still collecting W's because I was the only one that ever signed up for the backstroke. No one ever wanted to do the backstroke. So I'd be the only one. I'd get first place just for jumping in the water. Sometimes I would DQ myself. I'd do a front flip off the platform, and they'd be like, boop, disqualified. I'm like, yeah, I'm the only one in the pool. Doesn't matter. <laughs> Forgot I was on the swim team. That was one of those, like, I probably played every sport, done every kind of activity swim team and baseball are probably the worst that i participated baseball i sucked at because i didn't know i needed glasses so the the ball would hit the catcher's mitt and then i'd swing you know just because i couldn't react fast enough 
No one knew why. The only time I ever got on base was when I got like I got hit in the ass with the baseball. My coach would be like, "Don't move. If the ball's coming, just get hit." One time I got hit in the head. He's like, "Way to take one for the team. Let's go." That would be my stats if I, if I was like on a baseball card, you know, three hundred strikeouts and two <laughs> two walk on. I scored two runs just from getting hit by the ball. Anyway, man, hope so, hope everything is good with you. Uh, sorry, the episode's a little bit late. the The weeks go by, man. I'm like, shit, it's already Tuesday. I got nothing. I did see there's a. They finally made a documentary about the Vegas shooter. I don't know if you guys remember that. I forget what, what hotel was that even at? But yeah, they made this uh, the Vegas shooter documentary. I don't know if you guys remember. It was on the news for like three days, and then the new iPhone came out, so nobody gave a shit. You know that's how it is in America. Kim Jong Un will be like, you know, every every other every other year, he's like, I'm gonna fire a missile, and we're like, oh no, oh no, ooh, iPhone 12, new camera. Go ahead and shoot that missile. I'm gonna film it with these new megapixels, or whatever the fuck. What hotel was that? I stayed in that hotel too. Hotel. Why can't I think of the name ever? Um, why didn't it say? What are they like? Please remove the name of the hotel. Why doesn't it say? Steven Paddock. Here it is. Mandalay Bay. Damn, why couldn't I think of that? Yeah, so they have this documentary. I haven't watched it yet, but I go straight to the comments because I love seeing people comment. Everyone wants to make it about themselves. That's what I love. You know, I love when people weren't anywhere close to the situation and they just have to like comment something about it. I have some of them right here. Let me see. Where is it? <laughs> it's so funny, dude. All right. So this person wrote, uh, so yeah, this guy, if you don't know, I mean, if you live under a rock, he's apparently allegedly shot like 58 people, brought a duffel bag full of rifles up to a room, a lot of conspiracy around it. You know, a lot of people saying, you know, he couldn't have done it. Probably like multiple shooters. His family was like, he has no history of any of this stuff. Real, real shady shit. Anyway, this person comments, it's scary that my mom and stepdad were five miles away. What a lucky coincidence. What, that they couldn't afford to stay at the Mandalay Bay? Is that, like, why would you even comment that? This person put, It seems like yesterday when this happened, but it's crazy how it was only on the news a few days and then it was forgotten. People take everything for granted. Yeah, well, people weren't there. Let me see, uh, oh, this person, this is the best one. I flew into Vegas weeks after this occurred. When you when I landed at the airport, I could see the hotel. Very sad moment. You weren't there. This person put my ain't, which, you know, great spelling. I'm gonna say my aunt was at that concert. I remember her saying, I love you. I hope you have a great life. I will watch over you. She did not text back, but she did survive, and we saw her two days later. <laughs> that is just fucking hysterical. 
She thought she was going to die, but she was too hammered. She probably wasn't even there either. I don't know. Dude, I'll say it again. It's like 9-11, man. That's the worst one. When someone's like, man, I remember where I was on 9-11. Where were you? Well, I was in Tennessee. Oh, okay. You weren't like downtown New York or anything? Nah, I was in third grade in Tennessee. Well, then what does it matter? No one ever has a cool story. No one's ever like, I was in the building just finishing up some paperwork. And then all of a sudden, a Southwest flight was coming right towards me. I was like, what the fuck? You know, no one's ever like, I was on the plane, and then someone had a box cutter, and I was like, hey, what's going on here? It's never that. It's usually like, I was on I was on the other side of the country. Everyone just loves... I embrace that now, people making it about themselves. I just think it's so funny. I'm like, hmm, how's this guy going to spin it to make it... To make him... You know, have some kind of crutch. Ooh, I'm traumatized. Yeah, we all are. I wonder if people did that since, like, the beginning of time. You know, like, the city of Atlanta sinks. They were like, oh, I can't believe it. We were about to buy a house right before Atlanta sunk. You know, we were about to get a get a condo downtown Atlantis. But luckily, the, the deal didn't go through, and we, we didn't move in. <laughs> the, the city sank, but we could have we could have lived there. Thank God we didn't. You know, Mount Vesuvius blew up. We almost bought a. You know, you get it. Yeah, I went to Vegas a couple years after it happened. Here's my here's my story. We stayed at the Mandalay Bay my first time in Vegas, and you could actually see. I think we were like on the floor above or right below that suite, but you could see. The like the concrete slab where they held, where they hold the concerts. And I just remember we were kind of like detectives. We were all up against the window. And we were like, man, how many, you know, how many shots did he have to shoot? You know, we were like breaking it down. It was, it was kind of grim because you're like looking right at the thing. But what's crazy is, you know, they make such a big deal. They're like, oh, this guy brought a, brought a duffel bag full of AR-15s up to his room. It's like, I had three du- black duffel bags with me. You know, no one said shit. They're like, yeah, your room's up there. Floor 31, enjoy your stay. No one was like, hey, what's in the duffel bag? No one gives a shit in Vegas. Anyway, man. You guys remember that game, Elephant? I was thinking about this the other day at a red light. You know when you're at a red light and you just think like, you know, some dumb thought while you're waiting for the light to turn green? Yeah, Elephant, dude. It was like one of those games in the in the early 90s that like fell off. It was like shit you did before the internet. It was like a uh, an air mattress blower in the shape of like an elephant. And then they had this like plastic sleeve of a trunk. And it would just blow fake butterflies out the top. And then you and your friends had to catch them in nets. You know, I remember playing with my sisters. That game got violent. You know, the, the, the elephant would just start spitting out butterflies. Then he'd run over and catch them. But we'd be, like, stiff-arming each other, throwing each other into walls. But dude, who comes up with some? I don't know why I thought of it, but I'm just like, it's just such a dumb invention. Like, you got to be on acid to come up with some of these board games. You know what I mean? Like, Hungry Hungry Hippo. I want to be in that pitch meeting. Some guy's just doing a rail off the desk, just. All right, so there's hippos, okay, four players. 
and you just smash the back of it. You just smash the back of the hippo, and whoever collects the most marbles wins. And we'll call it Hungry Hungry Hippo. I wonder if he got turned down. Hasbro's like, yeah, we're not gonna, we're not gonna make it. He's like, fuck you, Jerry. This is a big idea. I'm gonna go sell this shit to fucking Warner Brothers or whatever. I don't know any of the toy makers. But it's just gotta be such a weird job. Some 50-year-old guy coming up with games. I would have loved to be there in elephant. All right, we got these plastic butterflies. They're gonna shoot out of an elephant. And then kids are gonna catch them. I'm telling you, it's gonna be a big hit. Pass me the tray of Coke. Yeah. It's gotta be so fun. I'd love to be a fly on the wall in like the Monopoly meetings. How many versions of Monopoly do they have? They got like SpongeBob edition, Spider-Man Monopoly, shit that doesn't even make sense. Yeah, that that's probably the most the highest grossing game just because they keep coming up with more and more versions. Now they have like the electronic, the digital. We're gonna have the Bitcoin version soon. I don't know, man. Let's get into some Florida man news. Sorry if the energy's a little low. I'm a little little tired this week, but we're going to pick it up. I'm thinking about actually changing this whole show format. I'm going to think I'm going to do it standing up with a, like a stand-up mic and just, you know, because I feel like if you stand up, I don't ever sit down when I'm doing comedy. I just feel like it destroys the energy. I don't know how these people just keep it up. I don't know. I guess cigarettes or coffee. I don't know. I'm trying not to do any of that stuff. But yeah, we have a some Florida man news, a little gift card scam. Let's see what we got here. Florida man falls victim to scam, loses $10,000. Monroe County, Florida, a phone scammer recently stole $10,000 from a Big Pine Key man, officials said. The Monroe County Sheriff's Office is asking residents and store clerks to be on high alert of the recent gift card scams that have been plaguing the country. All right, Monday, deputies were told someone claiming to be with Amazon Fraud Department called a man on Friday and stated he needed to get his account fixed. The caller identified himself as Sam Peterson. Peterson told the victim to go to various... To go to very... God, do I suck at reading or are these articles written fucked up? Probably both. Peterson told the victim to go to very... uh, He went to two businesses. Yeah, they fucked the sentence up. Go to two gas stations and purchase $10,000 in gift cards. The man bought 20 such cards, each valued at $500. The victim provided the gift card pin numbers to... and Oh, my God. So, basically, this guy... Got scammed out of ten grand. It didn't even make sense. Someone called someone and said, "Hey, your Amazon account's messed up. You need to send me ten grand to fix it." This is almost infuriating. The people that get scammed that easily, how do they get? How does he have ten grand laying around in the first place to do this? You know, you always hear someone, "Oh, I got scammed out of a million dollars." How? Someone emailed me. What? How did you make a million dollars in the first place if that's how easy it is for someone to take it from you? Don't you have to have... That's why America's so flawed. That's why other countries hate us. It's because they have... You could be a retard. I don't want to say that word. You could be a moron and and come up with a million dollars. 
you don't have to have any level of intelligence. That's why rappers do it so big. They don't even like question themselves. They're just like, yeah, I'm the greatest of all time. Something there. Something something to be said about that. You know, I'm not a genius, but I'm like, damn, dude, I, I would never fall for that shit. If you get robbed, <laughs> if you get robbed for someone's like, hey, hey, send us 10 grand to fix your Amazon. It's like, how bad do you need that Amazon account? You're like, oh, please, I'll do anything. 10 grand? Yeah, keep it active. All right, man, I think that'll be it for the show. Uh, Shawman Comedy on Instagram, YouTube. We got a new Florida Man sketch out on the YouTube. And, uh, yeah, thanks for the review. Subscribe. Was uh, That was episode 37.